Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. A radio show host called Paul Gallant. It's Paul Gallant. Polly G Show. He's the best in Houston. The most interactive sports radio show in Houston. Oh, what's good, my man? How you doing, Paul? What are you doing, Paul? Join the devastation by dialing or texting 713-780-3776. I love the show. Y'all keep it up. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's Paul Gallant. Sends this ball up in the air. Alex Bregman will put this ball away. And J.P. France pounds that fist into his glove. Great work by the rookie right-hander. He goes seven innings. The longest outing of his big league career allows just one run on three hits. It's a shame that the Astros weren't able to win yesterday. They fell 2-1 to the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. So they get the gentleman's four-game sweep, losing in that last one. But that was a really satisfying series that the Astros put together against L.A. We talked about it on Friday when we were out at T-Box, Texas. Very thankful for them. I had a blast after the show there. It was there like three shots, 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 shots. Ronel Blanco looked great on Thursday. All things considered, they win that game. Friday, man, we were excited for Friday's game. It was Framber Valdez against Shohei Otani. Two times this year, the two have matched up. Framber's won each time. Shohei has only two losses. Both of them are against the Astros. He goes seven innings. He gets seven strikeouts. Jordan Alvarez absolutely blasted a home run. Off of Otani, Otani and Trout in that game, 0 for 6 with three strikeouts. They weirdly stink when they play the Astros at Minute Maid. Saturday was a weird game. They get 12 hits. They were up 7-1 at one point. An error led to an Alex Bregman grand slam. He was 1 for 1 with a grand slam and four walks. Ryan Stanek tried to give the game away, but the Astros got a little bit of insurance at the end. And then yesterday... You had an incredible home run by Yanir Diaz in addition to a double. You had another two hits from Alex Bregman. You just didn't get enough offense in a game where Jose Altuve was scratched once again. So you take three of four over the weekend, and you're thinking to yourself, okay, we take a look at the American League West standings. The Rangers are playing the Mariners. The Mariners gave the Astros a hassle last year in the playoffs. Surely the Astros will have made up a little bit of ground in the American League West and... They are actually a full game further back than they were going into the weekend. Thanks for absolutely nothing, Seattle Mariners. And some people had voted for me to wear my half and half shirt this weekend. On Twitter, people wanted me to wear it. On Instagram, people wanted me to wear it. You know what I did? I didn't wear it because my ex got fat. Lose my number or lose 20 pounds, Seattle Mariners. You're out. Deleted your number. Blocked. You gone. Oh, what a worthless performance by that team. And I mean, I respected them last year. So instead of focusing on the Rangers, I want to direct my ire at that Seattle team. What a lifeless performance. They got outscored 30 to nine over the weekend. And we will talk about 
how seriously we take the Texas Rangers over the course of the show. But I'm pissed at that absolute no-show by Seattle because that was a damn good series for the Astros this weekend, and they got nothing to show for it because Seattle just pooped their pants. What's going on, people? It's the Paul Gallant Show on a Monday, June 5th of 2023. Most interactive sports talk show in Houston. 713-780-3776 to call, to text into on the HRP listener line. You can also join us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash ESPN 97.5. Poor Marine says, yeah, the, the Mariners are dead. They died last year in the playoffs. And we have another comment. Um, from poor Marine saying the Rangers are still scoring. The Rangers are scoring a lot of runs. I mean, there's 16 runs, I think, on Saturday, and it was 12 runs yesterday. You can also join us on Twitter at Gallant Says, at ESPN 97.5, at Sean A. Mapes behind the glass. Sean, good morning. The Mariners are absolutely worthless. Yeah, what happened? Like, what, what happened to the Mariners? I, I don't know. Why, why do they suck again? They're really bad. I mean, that was a no-show. And... Some people in Seattle are already essentially like going France (laughs) where they want to chop off the head of the owner, John Stanton, because they feel like he didn't do enough this offseason. And it's funny because there's some Bobos at the Mariners flagship station, some who may or may not have replaced me, that have been like carrying water for this team saying that this is going to be the best team in Mariners franchise history, Sean. And we're talking about a team that had 116 wins once. Like, that's a major league record. Maybe he means, like, make the ALCS. Maybe that's what he means. Maybe he means postseason success. Because, yeah, (laughs) this team will be the greatest team in MLB regular season history. That that seems aggressive. I mean, you thought that, if anything, coming into the season, that the Mariners would be the ones... Yeah. That the Astros, if not are chasing, are at least tussling with. Right. And uh, no, they uh, it's it's the Texas Rangers and the Mariners aren't even close to the nope. Texas Rangers because, like you said, they lost by what ten and then uh, six, nine runs it's <laughs> the last two games, sixteen to six and twelve to three, and they didn't score at all on Friday. They lost two nothing. At least that game was close. But my God, you bums. Just absolute bums. And you know me. I follow the strong. And, honey, you not only put on 20 pounds, you got some sort of sore on you right now. And look gross. You know what I'm talking about. Don't be kissing that. Ew. Oh, but it's, you know, it's not that kind. It's it's the kind that just gets on your lips, say the Mariners right now. Whatever. You ugly. Lose my number. Thought to myself, it might be good to bring back Mariners watch. Remember, the Mariners watch guy killed himself last year because he was so ashamed about the Mariners losing to these darn cheating Astros 3-0. But we we got another episode of of Mariners watch for you right now. Mariners watch. They had a few things go their way today. We did not. It'll probably flip when we go to Seattle. I do know how hard it is to win on the road, and it'll be very hard for them to win in Seattle. 2023. 3-2 pitch. In the air, deep left center field, hit well, Rodriguez on the run, and it is gone! Oh, Jeremy Pena sends one to the seats, and the Astros lead one to nothing in the 18th inning. June 5th, Seattle is eating itself. No, seriously, a homeless person ate my wife yesterday, cannibal style. 
I tried to stop it by passive-aggressively telling it that it's okay to be itself, that, but that it should seek counseling and lay off the fentanyl. Then the cannibal ate my child. And you might think that's an indictment on our beautiful, expensive city, but sorry, you just don't get it. You're not about the tough Seattle life. But this morning, I'm mad. Not about my dead wife and dead child who were again eaten by cannibals. Because at least my eaten-alive wife and eaten-alive child put more effort into fighting to stay alive than the Mariners put into this weekend. The Rangers outscored us 30-9 to over the last few days. And even though a water carrier at the Mariners' flagship told us that this is the greatest Mariners team ever going into the year, we're now 29-30, nine and a half games back of Texas, six back of the Astros, whom we still want vengeance against. Maybe our cheap owner should have proven he isn't a poor this season. Alas, get some of that Amazon money, you bitch. So there you go. Wow. Fans turning against the actual team. They were so excited about him last year. What happened? I'm looking at the stats for this year for the Seattle Mariners. Their best hitter is Jared Kelnick, who I think we we mentioned how he, he had a hot streak. A hot streak, I think, in April or May mm-hmm. that we highlight. The second best hitter is like Ty France, and he's like barely above average. <laughs> It's crazy. Julio's playing awful. Their star. Yeah, Julio has not been good. I mean, the guy that was a bust for them, Jared Kelnick, has legitimately been carrying their offense. He's the only, like, good hitter on their team. Yeah. Or a hitter who is playing well. They're an absolute waste of space. The Mariners are this year. And, uh, yeah, I ain't wearing that shirt again. If you you want some confirmation, yeah, I'm a bit of a baseball slut, but I ain't wearing that thing again. 713-780-3776 to call in and to text in 8315 on the Twitch, twitch.tv slash ESPN 97.5. Says, great contract for Julio. Yeah, they paid him like $500 million. (laughs) I mean, I guess they could get out of that contract if things continue this way. And uh, people in Seattle are getting a little excited because I think there was a frisky performance that he had over the course of the last week. But yikes. Uh, we do have some comments, too, on the text line that have to do with the way that the Astros and Rangers series went down. This is from the 713. What the hell is Dusty doing not walking Otani with an open base or at least pitching around him like Alvarez has been? Take your chances with Trout. My God. It's funny. I mean, the way that the Rangers are playing, I feel like we actually will be paying attention to the day-to-day decisions of Dusty Baker now. I think you also could have argued that they should have put, get this, Jose Abreu, back in the lineup yesterday to maybe give him a pinch hit spot because he's been hitting a little bit better. Who'd have thought we'd be saying that? Anyway, oh, we got Tab calling back in. Tab is a Rangers fan, if I'm not mistaken, calling from Beaumont. Tab, what's going on? Oh, I just wondered how you guys are feeling. Actually, you know, y'all bragging about how by the end of last month or the first of this month, y'all would be ahead of the Rangers, and now you're actually losing ground to them. Yeah. Look, you're right, Tap. You're right. I remember you called in about a month ago. And, I mean, look, we're still not taking you that seriously, right? Like, maybe if we're talking privately, we're like, hey, look at the Rangers. But we're still looking at the Rangers, and we're saying, like, yeah, but, you know, make it happen this month, June. Make I do want to say, month, in all July. sincerity, I'm sorry Altuve got hurt again. It doesn't sound like you're sorry, Tap. That doesn't sound like you're sorry. That sounded mean-spirited. Well, no, I I want him to be out there so we can beat y'all with him. Okay. Okay. I like this. See, Tab is really starting to flex into this, and you flexed a month ago. To your credit, yep, the Rangers are still in first place. They still are. 
So I, I, I don't really have much for you. I, I could have you looked at the run back to the well. differential. The run differential is insane. Yes. The run dif- I mean, and again, it, you just added to it this weekend with what you did, your team did against the Mariners, who stink, but the Mariners, I mean, you beat them 16 6. You beat them 12 to what, three? Yeah, that's going to help it out. So look, uh, Tab, we appreciate you calling back in and being a good sport because we were rather mean. We did bring up, you know, the, the David Freeze over Nelson Cruz thing because that's what we're going to go to. And that's what a lot of, I would imagine, Astros fans are doing. But I'm a little bit more willing to look at you guys seriously than I was about a month ago. And appreciate you still listening. So that's Tab, everybody. 713-780-3776 to call in to text in. Twitch.tv slash ESPN 97.5. Balinar 2 says, Rangers are a good team, but all this talk means nothing until the postseason. Yes, but at the same time, we actually have a division race on our hands. We do. This is the first time in a while where it feels like Texas can keep this up, right? I know that they've had an easy schedule this year, but they've gone up against some good teams, and they've done pretty well against them. They took two or three from the Orioles not too long ago. I mean, the Orioles at one point had the second-best record in the American League. I think they won a series with the Yankees, too. Again, they've had some cupcakes on that schedule, but you got to at least acknowledge them, right? Maybe you disagree. 713-780-3776-713-780-ESPN. Sometimes I forget the phone number. I don't know what that's all about, Sean. Memory loss? Yeah. I think that's what it is. That actually sounded like you were being serious here. Not joking. So, uh, Sean, it's not just the phone number. There's other stuff, too. Yeah, that's also true. All right. He's Sean Mapes. I'm Paul Gallant. Stick around. Live. Veritex Community Bank Studios. It's Paul Gallant. Join the incarceration by dialing or texting 713-780-3776. That ball's drilled deep to left field. Yiner Diaz on the board first for the Astros with a solo home run. And second of the homestand is third of the year. Diaz absolutely killed that one. And I get why there's more and more noise for him to be the everyday catcher for the Houston Astros. Yesterday, he played first base because of the lack of infield depth that the Astros have. It's the Paul Gallant Show, most interactive sports talk show in town. We have a caller by the name of Tab who regularly calls into the show, now confirmed twice, to talk trash about his beloved Texas Rangers. I actually posted a TikTok of the last call that he had, which was about a month ago, on TikTok, and it just blew up. I had no idea how many Rangers fans there actually are, but they are all of a sudden getting rather chirpy, and I am curious as to if you take them seriously. I think you have to, and there is a part of me that is happy that this regular season will actually feature a real competition in the regular season. Because you never really felt like it was going to last year. And then especially the second half of the year, the Astros ran away. And that could very well happen again this season. Remember, the Yankees had a big lead on the Astros for the best record in the American League. But Texas has played well to this point. And really, the only thing that you can point at and say is an issue is potentially their bullpen. Uh, a couple of comments on Twitch. This is trash talk back. It's kind of mean. And, of course, the toxic Twitch delivers. Twitch.tv slash ESPN 97.5. Kugblay says he wants to shove a gator up... Uh, tabs but 
Um, that's not nice. That's not nice. There are probably gators that could do that, but they would like be baby gators. Okay, I I didn't know if this was like some sort of uh, some some lingo, some slang that I'm not getting. You know what? It could be some some northern Florida stuff, Sean, that I'm unaware of. Okay, because yeah. I lived in a city in Florida. I didn't live in the bleeping like hillbilly jungle of northern Florida. Could also be a Louisiana thing. Yeah. Could also be. A- hey, hey, hey! We don't say that about Louisiana people here. Okay. No, I'm just saying. I don't know. There might be, you know, sticking a gator up someone's behind <laughs> might mean might not be literally an alligator. It might be something else. It might be I don't know something. Yeah, take, taking the word "gator" to a, a new meaning. That's that's okay. not. Uh, well, listen. I know. I, I, I'm just reading a Twitch comment. That's, that's Twitch. Yeah. ESP ninety five one. That's e three one five. It is. See plausible deniability. Uh, RLM forever says the Rangers are fourteen and ten against. Plus 500 teams. That is true. That is true. Uh, Largo, uh, he trash talks Tab. Tab goes barefooted always, and his tapeworm is acting up right now. It's a parasite. Gotta eat clean, guys. Gotta eat clean. I was thinking, uh, like, uh, the RLM forever. Uh, it's forever, but forever is funnier to say. Uh, said that they're four- the Rangers are 14-10 and 10 against... Above 500 teams. Is there, like, a bad Ranger stat that's out there? No. Is there? There's just not, like, one where it's like, you know, they're actually not that good at this. It's, it's like, nope, they're they're good at everything. I think there was a graphic that showed that they had the easiest strength of schedule to this point this year. Mm, ain't played nobody. Right. what you're saying. That's all okay. we can really point to at this point in time. The run differential, though, they are killing those bad teams. They're also, like, first in, like, batting average, home runs, right. RBI. And the Astros have a lot of injuries right now. In addition, Jose Altuve and great, great, great. I'm sure. I'm sure the Astros will be very straightforward with this Altuve. Thing. Well, Sean, I, I'm I'm glad you brought that point up because, as far as Dusty Baker knows, he's day to day. So that's nice because the Astros are about to play the Toronto Blue Jays. The Blue Jays are at the very least a talented baseball team. Uh, it saw him miss two games this weekend. Really, I have a hard time believing his abdominals are attached to his body just given the way that the Astros report injuries like I, I don't know I really do not know he's been disemboweled is what you're... <laughs> right like in his intestines are he's holding like popping his, through his, his stuff in body. with his hands yeah 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 exactly like uh that's that's kind of how you feel whenever you see the Astros report some sort of injury so they had no infield depth at all this weekend which is why Diaz ended up playing a little bit of first base do you sort of wish you had Jonathan Singleton right now? Did you see Jonathan Singleton with the Brewers? Astros prospect legend, got that big contract, smoked a lot of weed, never played. He got his first hit since 2015 in the majors uh, yesterday. <laughs> That's almost a decade. Good for Singleton turning things around. I, I mean, weed can't be addictive. A lot of people don't believe that, but it can as far as the Rangers go, are you taking them seriously? 713-780-3776 to call in to text in as well. You can also join us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash ESPN 97.5. We did have some other injury news courtesy of Dana Brown on the Astros flagship yesterday. We'll have more on Lance McCullers in four to five days. They're hopeful Orkady is back around the All-Star break. Forrest Whitley's out three to four months, but he hasn't been ruled out for maybe having a major league stint this year. That's kind of alarming to hear. Yeah, the guy is going to be out three to four months, maybe has a chance to play 
for the Astros this season. The guy who's never played for the Astros. Yeah. That's, <laughs> Maybe once he's coming back from this, then we'll throw him to the major leagues. That's kind of hard to believe, Sean. Right. I, I'm with you there. As far as where the Rangers are, and, and I, I think we're going to be doing a Rangers watch segment in the not-too-distant future, they get three games against the Cardinals starting tomorrow. Uh, check that. Uh, starting today. And the Cardinals suck. So... I'm going to assume that's a sweep. What's interesting is this weekend because Friday, the Rangers head to St. Pete to take on the best team in the American League, best team in baseball, the Tampa Bay Rays, who had that amazing start. But the rest of the month, okay, there's a series against the Angels, there's a series against the Blue Jays, White Sox, Yankees, Tigers, and then the Astros to end June, open up July, a four-game series and that one's going to take place in Arlington. So, for the most part, it's an up-and-down schedule for Texas going up to that point in time. I am curious to see if they'll keep this going. I think there's, in all of us, a bit of disbelief attached to them just given who they've been the last couple of years. And I don't think anyone's panicking about them. And this is one of those annoying debates that we see online between factions of Astros fans is... Taking seriously being worried about the Rangers? No, it's not. Any serious operation that's been this good should be keeping an eye on the teams that they're competing with. And being wary of Texas, you don't have to be super arrogant like that dude who, who loves the Death Star in Star Wars. This is the ultimate power in the universe. And Darth Vader's like, yeah, but the Force, bro, give or take. You don't want to be that guy. You don't. Publicly, privately, okay, that's fine to talk to somebody else and say, hey, hey, you know, maybe we should be a little bit concerned about the Rangers. So I just butchered that saying. But publicly, publicly, okay, be arrogant. Be that guy. Privately be like, the Rangers. Yeah, but the force, bro. Yeah. That's what we should be saying to ourselves. But the force, bro. But the force, bro. Yeah, that's what Vader said. He said, bro. It's the first time bro had ever been used in cinema. Go watch it back. Oh, Paul, you're probably just talking about the George Lucas edits. George Lucas would edit bro into the dialogue of that awful, awful script in all those movies. Thank God he had good actors in that in those first three. I'm making him more hip. God. The kids will love it. If I just throw in (laughs) that'd be great if like he went in, like re-released like the prequels or whatever. Gen Z term and all that. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, you see Anakin hitting that almost adult woman with the Riz? Yeah, uh, a- Anakin's talking with uh, Darth Sidious, and he's like, "On oh God, let me tell you about Pl- Darth Plagueis the Wise for real. No cap, this guy was like, see the immortal. Jedi be capping, <laughs> the Jedi be capping about what's real and what ain't, dog." <laughs> Uh, Paul Galacho, ESPN ninety seven five. The dark side is busting low key. <laughs> Coming up next, you know I'm the biggest coog at this station, and one of our coogs is finally getting paid. Plus, all-time excuse from Aaron Rodgers as to why things fell apart between he and the Packers. <laughs> I want to use this excuse. This is Paul Galad Show. We're ready for some football, baby. We're tackling the biggest issues in the NFL. This just in. Here's the 10-minute drill with Paul Galan. Football time. 
This is an all-time excuse from Aaron Rodgers as to why things between he and the Green Bay Packers fell apart. Because he did say this weekend, communication between the Jets and me is way better than it was when he was with the Packers. But the reason that Rodgers says that things fell apart at the very end between the Packers and him are because of this. Quote, I have zero or one bar for a cell phone at the house. So you call me, sometimes it goes through. Most of the time it drops and doesn't go through. Everybody who knows me, when I'm out west, they know that's how to get a hold of me. So you can say whatever you want about that, but that's the bleeping truth. So Aaron Rodgers is claiming that the lack of communication that he had with the Packers is partly due to the poor cell reception that he had while living at his house in California. It's a great it's a great excuse to use. It, it's it's so good. It's because I don't think there's really anywhere where there's like no service that like you have a house that like Aaron Rodgers would live somewhere even if he lives way out like in the middle of nowhere. Chances are he still has, like, one or two bars. Like, if he has Wi-Fi, then it's not a problem. It goes through. So either he doesn't have Wi-Fi, which would be possibly on brand for a guy who has dated witches and, like, crystal folk. You know? The people that think that crystals and horoscopes and all that stuff actually have any impact on our lives. Yeah, people who are right about things. Yeah, keep going. Yeah, people who are completely crazy. Sure. You, fair and balanced, Sean. You believe in crystals? <laughs> I believe those people should all probably be institutionalized. It's fine. Okay? We have different approaches. But this is an all-time excuse because he doesn't. I guess he doesn't have Wi-Fi. And look. Yeah, I've lived in places, too, where uh, the cell phone provider I have, T-Mobile, doesn't work. The Northeast is not great. But, again, if, if I'm in a house ever, Wi-Fi. Also, he could, uh, I mean, Aaron Rodgers could switch providers pretty easily, I feel like. I don't know if he can afford I like it. He, I mean, he could have two phones with two different providers if he really wanted to. Well, if he really wanted to take Brian Gutenkunt's calls, he, he could do that. Set up a landline, maybe. He acts smarter than everybody often. I think he is intelligent, but this is an all-time gap of an excuse. Just say, yeah, I didn't like Gutekunst, and I wanted him fired. It really Everyone is, knows it. It really is taking the, like, oh, sorry, I didn't, like, have you ever done this move, Paul? Like, there's someone texting you that you don't really want to text because of the content of the conversation, and it's late at night, and then you just don't text back, and then in the morning you say, oh, sorry, fell asleep. Oh, I've done but that. You, did, you don't fall asleep? I've done that. Oh, really? Paul, you've done that? I've done that. I feel like everyone's done that. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Rodgers just took that excuse and like blew it up to, like, my house does not get text messages. <laughs> <laughs> or doesn't get calls. He's not. It's not even text. I respect the hustle, but good God, Aaron. You're so full of it sometimes. Also around the NFL, Micah Parsons, we like him on this show. And by we, it's me, because Sean refuses to acknowledge Micah Parsons' greatness. I don't refuse. I just, I, I don't have a man crush on him. You should. I think he's good. He's better than good. I think he's, I think he's like a top three defensive end in the league. Top three? Well, if you're... He's up there with like Nick Bosa. And then so, and I left a spot open in case I'm forgetting someone. But the problem is, you called him a defensive end, and he is a unpositioned player. But he mostly plays defensive. He joked this week, Sean Mapes, that he might even play some running back this year. Quote, that's a special ability that I have. We're doing a lot of special things, and I don't want to give away a lot right now, but it's going to be a really cool year. I'm probably going to play like eight positions this year. 
And uh, last year, he spent 738 snaps on the defensive line, 171 at linebacker. He bulked up, so he's, I think, in the low 250s as things currently stand. And as far as this coming year, smooth is fast. and Don't be fast. Be smooth, man, said Parsons. Sometimes you feel like you have to do more to win. You just have to be smooth. Clay Walker, drive me smooth, mother lover. You see track runners look like they're not moving and they're smooth. So this year I'm just focusing on being smooth and just durability and taking care of my body. He said smooth way too many times. I think it was smooth. You know who else said smooth a lot? Uh, Carlos Santana. With Carlos Santana. (laughs) And you know what was smooth? That song. Man, it was a hot one. Sean, you, you can laugh aloud. It's fine. That was a great line no, by me. No, I, I, I made sure I was off mic when I laughed. <laughs> Only the Twitch audience heard the laugh. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, Micah Parsons said he's also off the sack wave and on the impact wave for 2023. You know what? I'm starting to get annoyed with Micah Parsons. But, but the, I mean, he's on every podcast and, like, like watch-alongs. He was doing, like, Heat Celtics watch-alongs for, yeah. like, uh, Bleacher Report. I'm like... I feel like we're doing a little too much with Michael Parsons Maybe. at this point. Maybe just but, a little bit. But, uh, yeah, no, put that on a shirt. Off the sack Off wave. Off the sack wave, on the impact wave. You should you should get that. You should, you should make a Michael Parsons t-shirt where on the front it says, off the sack wave. Okay. I'll think about it. We need to get some funding. <laughs> and actually good t-shirt material. We got to figure out, too, someone that can do the happy medium between a large and a medium. Oh. <laughs> so I don't wear shirts that are too tight. Contouring to we my to go to, amazing pack. We have to go to Europe and get a whole bunch of larges, and, and they're European large is probably a medium, though. Okay, but you so you need a little bit bigger than a European large, but not an extra large. No, I need a Europe. way bigger than a European large. Okay, okay so an but, extra extra large. I only need a little bit bigger than an American medium. Stop laughing. This is important. We need Paul to look his best. It's summer. I, I cannot imagine. I I never want. I, I don't think I was ever in any danger of doing this. I never want to go shopping with you. Why? That, that conversation. I would make had. you look so fetched, dude. <laughs> no, you don't no. Even understand. I don't want you buying clothes for yourself. Oh. I don't want to be in the room where you're like, uh, do we have anything between a medium and large? And the 19-year-old that's working at Macy's is like, no, we don't. Macy's does have good prices. I look for deals, Sean. I look for deals. And also the perfect shirt. <laughs> yeah, what's wrong with that? My, is my shirt game not strong? If you're watching twitch.tv slash ESPN975, running game clothing actually knows how to put together <laughs> a large medium shirt. Because it's like a medium, but it's like a little larger. Shut up. You're laughing too hard at this. Hey, we love our beloved Cougs here on the Paul Galant Show. Ed Oliver, $68 million deal, $45 million guaranteed, a four-year contract. From the Buffalo Bills. Kind of crazy that he had two and a half sacks last season and you're getting that much money. Right? That's that's like $20 million a sack. He's off the sack wave. That's right. And on the impact we, wave. We are all off the sack wave. That's right. That is absolutely Get right. off my sack wave. Sacks don't matter. Jadevian Clowney, he was still an impactful player. Just didn't get that many sacks. Yeah, the impact wave. Right. Impact wave is all we're talking about here. But good for Ed Oliver getting paid. One of my favorite sights ever is Ed Oliver, like, shirtless on a horse. I know that sounds, you know, a little homoerotic. And you know that the show is accused of many things. But that image is hilarious to me still. It's like Vladimir Putin-esque. Like, those are the two people I've seen wearing 
no shirt on a horse. Putin and all of them. That is true. Most other people on a shirt have a shirt. On a horse or have on a shirt, a, yeah. 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 And most people wearing shirts are, aren't on horses. <laughs> uh, King of Twitch on twitch.tv slash ESPN 97.5 says rainbow 97.5. Yeah, what's wrong with that? ESPN 97.5. Off the sec wave, wave with a rainbow over yeah, it. <laughs> we're, we're rebranding. This is 97.5 and 92.5, the rainbow from 10 to noon. Okay. And, and honestly, ESPN would probably want to get in with this licensing because we're we're really going woke here. But yeah. ESPN GBTQA plus. Yes. But you forgot the L. Come on. Oh, L. Unbelievable. I was I was definitely gonna mess that up. And you're hurting hurting my friends. I, I did half the alphabet right there. Oh, me, we in the community didn't appreciate that. Uh, Which community? You know. Trevor Lawrence is the quarterback of the Jacksonville Jaguars, and Doug Peterson had this to say about him going into the season. Going into his year three, year two with us as a staff, the way he played the back half of the season is the way he needs to start this year. There was a lot of confidence with him at the end of the year. That's the next phase. It's putting all of that together. I feel like he's the guy that which he showed towards the end of the year. You can put the team on his back. I don't know if I buy that entirely. And I think Lawrence is good. I don't think Lawrence is great. I think that we have a lot of people have been rushing to crown him. Again, he sucked in that game against the Chargers in the first half. They should have lost that game. And while he held his own on the road in Kansas City, I I don't feel like he should be being pushed towards the Mahomes, Burrow, Allen tier of quarterbacks. Even, I guess, Justin Herbert. I think that there's been a little bit too much hype behind him. Yeah, I guess he deserves credit for that game, but I, I more put the blame on the Chargers. And, and I still think the AFC South is up for grabs this year. I, I'm not, I don't have enough stones to say that the um, Texans are going to win the division. I don't. Someone probably will. But I, I think that the AFC South is a lot more open than we're all probably believing because there's just a lot of buzz about the Jaguars because of the last games that they played and they didn't even play that well in all. It's and it's hard to to point your finger at the Colts, the Texans, or the Titans and look at any one of them and say that's the one that's yeah. going to challenge the Jags. But like you said, chances are one of these teams is going to. It's just you know it's a one in third shot of. At least being, like, within two games. Like, making the Jags sweat it out. It's not going to be a complete walkover. Yeah, I think so. I, I, I Honestly, because they're still the Jags. Like, they're they're still the Jags of the Jaguars. What was the Jaguars' record last year? Did they have 10 wins? Yeah, they, I think they were probably around 10. Okay. 10-7 feels like they were. Yeah, because, look, I, you could probably win this division with 10 wins. It's just, is there, is, it, can the Texans, Colts, or Titans go, like, Eight and nine, or yeah. nine and eight. Yeah, and I think one I, of them. Tennessee is pretty easy to rule out on that one. Indianapolis really depends on what what the deal is with with Anthony Richardson. But the rest of that team isn't bad. Like, they just had yeah. an awful year last year because of the injuries and stuff. Yeah, Jacksonville was nine and eight last year. So I, oh, they're nine. And eight. Yeah, I, I think it's possible. Again, like, let's let's calm down with the Jaguars. Praise you. Don't think he can put the team on his back, Greg Jennings style? Not entirely. No. Okay, on my back. Darren Sharper, <laughs> one of the hottest hidden safeties in the league. Paul Galan Show, ESPN 97.5 and 92.5.
there are some Texans to get into the rest of the show. I know that D'Amico Ryans went viral over the weekend with some of the stuff that he was doing at OTAs. And there's been a lot of C.J. Stroud hype. Should we buy into this C.J. Stroud hype? Up next, the Miami Heat, even the NBA Finals. I'm thinking about the Rockets out of these NBA Finals, and I'm really intrigued by the comment of one promising young player about things that he wasn't allowed to do last year. Paul Galancho, don't go anywhere. Welcome back to the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Here is your ambiguously gay host, Paul Gallant. Happy Pride Month. Saw the Miami Heat take down the Denver Nuggets 111-108 last night. Thank God. There have been moments in this series where I'm wondering if Denver's going to run away with it. Miami showed some of that grittiness, that toughness Mike Malone called out, the effort of the Nuggets afterwards. Now this series goes to Miami. I think it's a lot more of a level playing field there, and we'll see where it goes. I'm just thankful that this thing is actually competitive, though, because there were moments last night, too, where Denver looked like the significantly better team and like they were going to run Miami out of the building, even with Miami getting off to that big lead to open up the game. It was really when Denver's backups came in was when they looked their best. Anyway, after the game... I like it when moments like this happen. Obviously, we played one on Friday where I asked DeAndre Hopkins a question, and it was a long run-on question, and his answer was, it was, like, good, making fun of the three times I said like along the way during that 20-second odyssey of a question. Here is what Eric Spolstra had to say when ESPN reporter Ramona Shelburne asked him a question that he wasn't a fan of. Hey, Coach. Ramona Shelburne, ESPN. Uh, this is probably oversimplifying things, but sometimes when, when teams play against Jokic, you, you turn him into a scorer, you turn him into a passer, and he controls the game. You, he only had four assists tonight. Yeah, that, that's ridiculous. You know, it's just... That's the untrained eye that, that says something like that. This guy's an incredible player. You know, twice in two seasons, he's been the best player on this planet. You can't just say... <laughs> Oh, make him a score. <laughs> That's not how they play. They they have so many different actions that just get you compromised. Uh, we have to focus on what we do. Um, you know, we try to do things the hard way, um, and he requires you to do many things the hard way. Uh, and we he has our full respect. Spolstra rules, best coach in the NBA. I enjoyed that because it is simplifying things. Jokic is the best player in the NBA. Has been the last three years. It's Weird to admit, but, I mean, there were moments last night, too, where you're like, good God, this guy's just incredible. He does these little fake passes while the ball's still, like, 12 feet up in the air, and then he turns it into a shot, just one really smooth Micah Parsons-style movement. We'll see where this series goes. I I don't know if Mike Malone should have called a timeout at the end of the game. I feel like that wasn't the worst look for Jamal Murray at the end. A lot of people are criticizing Malone. and there, Yeah, there's going to be a coaching gap between the Heat and every single team that they play. Spolster's the best coach in the NBA, and I, I, I get some of the second-guessing with Malone and also the effort that you saw last night. Okay, maybe that's an indictment on Mike Malone, the Nuggets head coach. Uh, we're all waiting for that asteroid to kill us, the news that James Harden is going to return to Houston. I think the latest from Keith Pompey of the Philadelphia Inquirer is exactly what we heard 
a couple of weeks ago. Quote, Harden is expected to opt out of his contract and sign with the Houston Rockets in free agency. Put that in another blurb that he put out there um, the other day. The Rockets had some sort of, I, I, I don't know what the charitable effort was for, but it looked like they were rebuilding houses. And uh, Matt Musil of KHOU, who I was on Sports Extra with last night, had a fun back and forth with Ime Udoka about the possibility of James Harden um, joining the Houston Rockets. You know, James Harden has a restaurant not too far from here. I've heard. I've and heard. So are you interested in course, having him? We just passed the place, I think they said, Lost and Found right here. So all the guys were talking about it. It's one of the first places I got to hit, but I'll, I'll be hitting all the local spots for sure. Would you like you. to have him back here as a player? Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Love Rockets PR. He smiled as he walked away. Thank you. Thank you. We don't want that question asked. Thank you. Because he can't comment on it. You're in this weird moment where you're not allowed to talk about any potential impending free agents. I think Brad Stevens had something similar as far as, hey, you're going to give Jalen Brown the Supermax. And it was the same kind of deal. Like, everyone... Well, no, Jalen Brown's on con- – he's the boss. He's under contract for but the next year. There's also something where you aren't allowed to talk about, like, the contracts at this moment in time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Stevens said, like, I'm not allowed to talk about that right now. So that's what I'm trying to say. It's weird. It's a weird period well, of time. Like, James Harden, despite everything that you've heard uh, listening to Sports Talk Radio in town – isn't a Houston Rocket anymore. He hasn't been a Houston Rocket for like three years now. Uh, but <laughs> but gonna be yeah. So even you don't by the letter of the law can't be like well I'd love him. Can you imagine? <laughs> right, I know. He could build. Imagine how many houses he could build with all these bricks he's putting up this oh, postseason. Oh, nice, Sean. That was good. There we go. Rack him. Yeah. <laughs> What's up, clubs? Um. Rafael Stone was asked about the playoffs and what we've been seeing in them, and here's what the Rockets' general manager had to say. We should all be watching because that's what you aspire to be. And, you know, the game is changing. It's, it's, it's evolving, and uh, some of the trends in the playoffs will be things – well, some of the things that they see in the playoffs, including just how hard you have to play – are things that, that we very much need to be all about starting game one next year. To Stone's commentary, I hope that Alperun Shangun, our Alpi, has been handcuffed into a chair, that his eyelids are open, clockwork orange style, held open, and that he is watching every single thing that Nikola Jokic does over the remainder of these NBA finals. I'm not just talking about in the games. I want him watching every single thing that Nikola Jokic does in his life. And it's a crazy comparison to make. But Sean Mapes and I noticed this the first time we went to a Rockets game this year. It's one thing to see it on TV. It's another thing to see it in person. Shengun has an incredible ability to pass the ball. He has size. And there, I think, is a world where Shengun can maybe not be quite Nikola Jokic, but can be very effective as the guy that maybe helps the Rockets put their offense through something that hasn't really taken root across the NBA yet with a big guy that essentially stands in the, the middle of the lane and just creates for all the guys around him. Uh, Shingun was on a Turkish podcast, and someone actually transcribed the interview that he did. I'm very thankful that they did because I had no idea, obviously no idea what they're saying. Believe it or not, I don't understand Turkish. But he had a couple of interesting things. Uh, first off, he was asked about Ime Udoka and the expectations that – come with Udoka aboard. 
Shingun said, yeah, I hope there's high expectations. I've always been a very coachable player. Whatever, whatever Udoka wants and sees fit, I will do my best. Last year, continued Shingun, I had a talk with Silas. I told him, get mad at me. Yell at me. Push me in the team. I told him maybe a lot of players won't like this. Damn, is that a shot fired at his teammates? But I'm not like that. And that's really how we all felt about Steven Silas this past year. He's just too lovey-dovey, and he never lit them up, except for after that one press conference where he finally like, seemed to snap. And at that moment in time, we all knew he's done. Because you don't just change your style while things are going down the toilet and expect it to work. No one's going to take you seriously. And again, Silas went through a lot last year. His dad died, and I think he just got a coaching gig elsewhere, right, with the Detroit Pistons. I doubt they're paying him much, given that they paid Monty Williams like $80 million. So might be one of those internship kind of salaries or whatever. Gerchek. Yeah. Which- that means facts in Turkish. Since since oh Singun was on a Turkish podcast, okay, so. that's that, that's a good reference. It's a good reference, but we did have to explain it anyway. Shagoon also had this to say, which is probably going to make you shake your fist one more time at Steven Silas. At the beginning of the year, I was shooting threes with a low percentage, so Silas asked me not to shoot and told me to pass even if I was open. This motivated me. I decided to use it more without hesitation for my individual development, and I improved my percentages. I'm going to trust myself and shoot. Shingun as a guy that stretches the court. I mean, you want that. That's what you want from every single big, at least a guy who has the ability to do that, not at the cost of physicality, which does also seem to be a problem across the NBA. There's a lot of big guys who don't play with the size that they have. Jokic does. And he is a bit of an ogre underneath the hoop, which is exactly what you want. You want a guy that's going to push people around and, and, and use his weight, use his body. And, and you want Shingun to continue to do that. But he is the most intriguing player on this Rockets team. And I, I know that some people like Jalen Green. I'm, I'm, I feel like he's got to win me back this coming season. And I like what we saw from Jabari Smith Jr. at the end of the year, but also young player. But there's a lot that Shingun brings to the table that I, I think – could translate to just a totally different Rockets team. And it's a matter of, is Ime Udoka going to figure out how to put an offense together that uses Shengun more? They should use him a lot. They can't bench him. They can't do any of that BS they did last year. That guy, I think, has shown that he has the most skill of the skill players. And yeah, I'm including Jalen Green in that conversation. And I want to see them absolutely maximize him this coming season. So hopefully he gets better with the three-point shot. But I like hearing that he likes tough coaching and I'm just annoyed that Steven Silas clearly wasn't giving it to him even when he asked for it from Silas it's the Paul Gallant show ESPN 97.5 and 92.5 you want to talk about the Texas Rangers actually gaining ground over the weekend on the Astros despite the Astros getting the gentleman's four-game sweep of the Angels you can on the most interactive sports talk show in town and we're starting to see CJ Stroud hype Coming out of Texans OTAs. Should we buy into it already? Paul Galancho, stick around.